welcome to Trash Box, a Real Housewives podcast with me, Emily Richardson. I'm recording this Saturday afternoon. Uh, I had a really busy week, so it's going to be a bit of a shorter, later put up podcast, mainly because I initially had a guest ready to go. They had to drop out. Now here we are. But enough about my administrative failings. Let's talk about Housewives. First off, what the fuck? They have actually gone and canceled the Real Housewives of New York reunion. Bravo's line is that they couldn't get the scheduling together, but I'm very confused because how many reunions have there been in the history of the Housewives? Like 80? 90? Maybe 100? I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm including international versions, okay? I'm, I'm including Melbourne. It's just discouraging because clearly this is a get-out-of-jail-free card for Ramona. Bravo is telling us, we're not going to call her on her shit. And this is not call her on a shit like you were rude to Bethany on the bridge. This is you're fucking racist and you're a Trump supporter. And here's the thing. I think that as a Real Housewives audience, we're better than this. And listen, obviously, based on what we see online and based on what we know about modern society, there's a ton of racists who watch this show. But I honestly thought we were better than something like, I don't know, Bachelor Nation. No shade to The Bachelor. There have been times in my life where I love The Bachelor, but I thought we were better than that. I thought we were self-aware enough to know the difference between good, bad, and bad, bad. And like good, bad is you don't support women, Bethany. And bad, bad is these women shutting down a woman of color's voice and then Bravo doing the exact fucking same thing. And what are they doing? Are they trying to save Ramona, Ramona's face because that's that's long gone. And it doesn't sound like Ramona really gives a fuck when anyone thinks of her. I think Ramona thinks she is completely correct on all fronts. And she's going to be in that um, all-star, you know, whatever the fuck, vacation thing. I don't know, guys. It just sounds like they're doubling down on Ramona. And I don't really know if they're ever going to fire her. And it's really unfortunate because she hijacked this entire season. I, it's... Mm, on a positive note, I don't have to cover a reunion because I was just so fucking done with this season. Everything just rang false and it was boring and weird and the alcoholism isn't as fun anymore. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh! But let's move on from the bad and let's move on to the great, which is the premiere episode of Salt Lake City season two. The only thing I'm guilty of is being Shaw amazing. When I was with Ellie watching that, he gasped. <laughs> he gasped. He was like, how could she say that? How could Jen say that with this case against her? And I was like, I didn't bat an eye. I was like, no, she, in no way is she above addressing that in her tagline. She's deluded. She's not so man. She is going to deny, deny, deny. And God bless her for it. Because what that tells me and all of the stuff on her social media is that in many ways she is pulling in Erica. She's fighting it. She's denying it. She's going to be screaming. She has anger issues. But she's engaging. She's, she is fighting this. She's not just doing stone cold, quote unquote, bitch face and threatening to sue everybody. No, no, no. Her net is, has been cast and it is cast wide and she's going after Meredith and probably Heather and everybody. It's, I'm so excited and it's going to be so messy. And that's what I love about Jen. She's messy as hell. And yes, she has this massive ego and she's definitely evil and she has wild anger issues. 
But she's messy as hell. And she is definitely going to prison, I think. Like, there's no way. There's no way. There's no question. Let's enjoy her while we can on her television screens, okay? And, like, here's the fucking hard part for me. I'm trying to get the word crazy out of my um, vocabulary, as I've talked a lot about on this show. And, oh, actually, before I forget, I was on Taria S. Faison's podcast this week. What else is going on? Um, you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. And we discussed the Salt Lake City episode. And also I talked about how I'm trying to kick crazy from my vocabulary. But again, having a really hard time because Jen, what do you call her? Like, I, mm, like, I don't mean she's crazy, has mental health issues, even though that's probably not untrue. What's a, if you, if you have a better idea on what I can call Jen, that would be fantastic. Cause I feel, okay, you know what? Pause. Unpause. Here I am on thesaurus.com. Crazy synonyms. Kooky, although I would say Mary Cosby is more kooky. Nutty, wacky, berserk. Ooh, ooh, Jenshaw might be berserk. Psycho, psycho seems a little, well, she is psycho though. Bonkers, bats in the belfry. Crazed, cracked, deranged. I don't mind deranged. Mad as a hatter. Maniacal. Maniacal, again, there's this mental health stigma. Um, oh my God, I was just telling Taria on her podcast that somebody wrote on a review. And you know me, I always read the comments. I always read the reviews because I am completely self-obsessed. And I, I, I'm i really hard on myself. And sometimes I'm like, I need either affirmation that other people love me or affirmation that I'm right in sometimes hating myself. And look, look, because there was this, there was this review that was like, I tried listening to Trashbox for 10 minutes and I had to turn it off because the girl is so obnoxious and it's just a white girl trying to prove how woke she is. And then I'm like, oh my God. So if, me, if I'm talking about racial issues and I'm talking about how not to say crazy all the time, is that me trying to be woke? And then Ellie told me to shut up and get over it. So, okay. So I am going to try to find a better word. We're going to use berserk. We're going to use going berserk and we're going to say that Jen Shaw is outrageous. We're going to try outrageous. Okay. But at the start of this episode, it's a quote unquote new gen. You can tell that coming into season two, she probably got a ton of shit from fans of the show. And, you know, she says Sharif almost divorced her. That must have been really scary for her. And she's basically trying to do this redemption arc. And she's saying, you know, I was I'm actually surprised at how self-aware she was in this moment. Um, I was doing, you know, I was back on my bullshit. I was doing the same old, same old. Getting wasted, screaming, being being really messy. Jen has so much anger in her. And listen, we don't know the real Sharif. We really don't because it's only what the cameras show us. And, you know, he did her he did her dirty by not going to her father's funeral. All this shit we don't know about. But he just seems like a normal-ish guy. And why would you put up with that kind of behavior? It's not easy to have someone with anger issues in your family. And it's exhausting. And there's so much... Um, hate there's so much hate that she spews and i think it would be really really hard to be married to her and honestly i think he will eventually divorce her after all of this stuff i feel really bad for her kids too because this is going to be a very messy season and they do um the classic housewives in media res meaning they start the action forward and then they flash back for the rest of the episode so they start with the action of um, <laughs> the arrest at beauty lab and laser And then it says two months earlier, which means we have to wait two months in reality time, which is probably like, what, six episodes away, hopefully. 
Um, I can't wait. I can't wait. So we're at the new Shaw Chalet. Oh, God, I'm not even going to ask about the leases and her fortune and where she gets her money because hopefully we'll dive into that. So she almost got divorced. Um, Lisa and Jen are still a team, the United Front here, which is surprising because Lisa is good friends with Meredith. And I remember leaving last season being really pissed off at Lisa and getting really frustrated at her, at her in the reunion. But she's very entertaining and she's very good for reality television. And the way she speaks is so odd. I think I could watch her do the dishes, do her laundry. I would be, I would be entertained. I love that. I, you know, I can't do voices. <laughs> this isn't watch what crappens, ladies. <laughs> I love, I love that. Uh, th that's a little bit better. I love that. Uh, Lisa wants to broker a deal with Meredith. Um, and she still hates Whitney and she still hates Heather. Whitney, Heather, bad weather. Tornado, spin the truth, destroy. That is the only poem I know by heart my whole life. Okay. So basically, Lisa is still against Heather and Whitney, who I kind of love. And I hope Heather's not racist. And I hope Whitney's not a Trump supporter because I love them. Uh, she still doesn't like them. And Meredith is very anti-Jen because Jen liked posts. Well, Jen keeps doing social media messy and liking anti-Brooks posts, which, listen, Brooks is a kid, okay? I will say that. Brooks also put himself on a reality show. It was not Meredith who put him on that show. I don't think she was like, please, Brooks, come on the show. I think this was Brooks' idea. He wanted he wanted attention because he's a Gen Zer and he wants a fashion line and he's a personality. So I have a little like less sympathy for Brooks than I would Lisa's kids, right? Getting dragged into the muck. That being said, it's not nice to like anti-Brooks tweets if you are in their life. Oh my God, the, the fact that she liked a comment that said he is a privileged twink. And then actually, you know what? Meredith said something completely true, which I hadn't even thought about, What, which was Brooks hasn't said he's gay. I mean, listen, I think we, most of us assumed that Brooks was gay, but she's got a point. He's a kid. He might still be exploring. Maybe he is exploring. We don't know if he hasn't officially come out like that. Really, it's none of our fucking business. And it's it actually was like a bit of reality check for me. I was like, oh shit, because I was really hard on Brooks last season. And I think he's probably got a lot of crap and he's still developing as a person. And I know that when I was 21, all I did was cry. <laughs> I just cried constantly when I was 21. I was a wreck when I was 21. I was so depressed. I got to therapy around that time and I finally got some of my shit together and dealt with some mental health crap and got on my precious antidepressant. So you know what? Let's give Brooks a break here and I'm going to stop uh, coming for him. Unless he does something. <laughs> then all bets are off. But yeah, Jen should not be doing that. It's shitty. And I understand Meredith's anger for sure. That being said, it is not like somebody coming for Lisa's kids because they are underage and they are not trying to get on television like Brooks. Okay. Um, we're kind of jumping around here, but now that we're on the topic of Meredith, <laughs> those sleeves, those huge white sleeves she was wearing at Shabbat, it literally looks like she's going to stick her arm up a cow's ass. You know how they do that? You know, why did they do that? Why do people put those big gloves on 
and stick their arms up cow's asses. No clue. It, maybe just for fun. Maybe just for kicks. Oh, I forgot to say, um, when Lisa went over to Jen's and they're talking about their friendship. Girl, you know I'll go to jail for you. I haven't gone to jail yet. Ha ha ha. Oh, it's so beautiful. I'm so happy the editors had that to include. Good for good for you, Jen. Good for saying that. Um, so Jen has moved. Meredith has also moved. Why do they keep moving? It's that Kardashian thing, right? Where they're like filming not at their own houses or something for reality television. I don't know. It's it that actually bugs me. Film in your house, okay? We are trying to get a vibe of your life. I want to see your actual style. Although I think Meredith's style is probably fairly minimalist, you know? You know these really, really, really rich women like Meredith who, I gotta say, I find, you know, her her fashion is one thing, but her, her aesthetic at home I find is extremely boring and just lots of white and ugh. If you're, if you're from Toronto, you know Sneaky D's? Um, there is this, look it up if, you, if you're not from Toronto. It's actually pretty neat. It is this nacho place called Sneaky D's and it is wild, the, the art inside. It's like ceiling to floor, designs on the walls, tons of painting, bright colors. If it was up to me, that's what my house would look like, which it's not up to me because I don't think I'm allowed to do that to this house because I am renting. Alas, um, Heather, Heather's kid is going off to university. And this kind of made me sad because she wants her daughter to go to California and be a real good time girl and kind of escape that kind of Utah Mormon cycle. But the, the, the daughter's kind of scared and she has her boyfriend there. And I wonder if she'll just stay home like her friends are. Like she said, they're all going to community colleges and staying at home. Girl, go, go. It's so scary. Listen, like speaking of mental health when you're 21, but when I went to university, I was so scared and sad and I was such a mama's girl. And I, the first couple of months, I was completely miserable, but go, just get the hell out of there, you know? Um, Whitney, Whitney is starting Wild Rose Beauty. Kind of seems like a little like MLM, like Lula, Lula Rose, that, that documentary on Amazon the Lula Rose, Lula Love documentary about pyramid schemes. It seems a little that. Um, Whitney and that cake, though. My God, I did get a kick out of her. So drunk, just so drunk, falling over and over and doing shots with her her stepsons who maybe I just have like a dirty mind. But like when they came in and they were all like grown ass men and Whitney's so banging hot and she's close to their age. I'm like, how could there not be weird sexual tension there? Uh, how could there not be? No, maybe there isn't. I guess I've never had like a step family before. So I guess maybe, <laughs> I guess maybe it's not automatic, automatic sexual tension. <laughs> That's kind of fucked up, I guess. And if the genders are reversed and I said that, not good. Not good. Uh, Jenny, Jenny is the new girl. I like her so far. Her daughter is the absolute cutest. Her husband is a chiropractor, which would be my absolute dream. Jenny says something really weird, which is when I met my husband, I really liked everything below the neck. I think she just called him ugly, which is very strange because he's a handsome enough guy. And uh, how very odd to introduce yourself like that. You know, Jenny is like, 
fuck? Why did they air that as one of my first confessionals? Now I have to explain to my... But you know what? Maybe she's one of those women who like would say that in front of her husband at a dinner party and think it's a hilarious joke. We don't know Jenny like yet, but I really like her style. I like that that like glittery thing she was wearing with the low back. Uh, Mary, Mary and that podcast. Hello, everyone out there. This is Mary Cosby. We're blessing this podcast in Jesus' name. That poor bastard <laughs> who is trying to pray at the start of that podcast and Mary just tells him to shut the fuck up. Stop. I'm going to show you without all that. And her like she's in, like she's implying like you don't need all that theatricality to do that. And then she performs her prayer. And yes, I say performs a prayer. And it's exactly the same, if not more theatrical. It's ridiculous. Mary is all this stuff came about Mary's cult this week. Um, yes, it's always been a cult. Yes, we know all of this. But Mary, the Daily Beast did an article about her, an expose, and it had all these people being like, yes, she ruins lives. Yes, she drains bank accounts. She's like the one one ex-cult member was like, we, we never had Christmas as a kid because my parents gave all of their income to Mary. So uh, apparently she thinks she's God. So um, that is, uh, that's something else. Um, hospital Smell Aunt is there. Hospital Smell Aunt is at... Jen's house. And since then, apparently she has died, which is terrible. Um, I feel bad for Jen's family uh, because they seem like normal enough people. And Jen is dragging them on reality TV and something really bad is about to happen to them. Um, I don't know. I don't know. This is I really cannot wait to see what the hell happens. And I'm clearly not team Jen, but I do feel for her children and coach Shaw. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, it's funny, though. Isn't this funny? I'm not automatically Erica in Coach Shaw. Really, if you, if you what we are not doing to Coach Shaw is what we are doing to Erica. I mean, the difference is, okay, so I, what I'm saying is Jen is the Tom Girardi in this scam. She is the one stealing this money. I guess the difference is Erica being the spouse of the scammer was you know, using all the money for it's expensive to be met. And Coke Shaw isn't out there like getting Lamborghini after Lamborghini on, you know, the scammies stolen money. Or maybe he is. Maybe he's in it. Maybe, maybe he's involved. We don't know. I guess we're, I really hope we'll find out. This is the issue with all of this legal shit on these shows. You have to wait like years for court appearances and stuff. It's very annoying. And you know, blah, blah, blah. I hope the victims get justice, blah, blah, blah. But I want to know what's happening and I want to know the drama. We have a lunch with all the girls except for Jen. I think except for Jen, there's maybe someone else who's not there. I can't remember. Oh, Lisa, because she can't hang out with Whitney and Heather. And um, they're talking about how Jen has been liking homophobic posts. Uh, and Jen is retweeting all this racist stuff about Heather because a bunch of people are saying that Heather is racist. After the reunion, especially because she was like um, talking about the word aggressive and women of color. And uh, yeah, so that's really, really, really messy. Um, yeah. So we, then the, we have Shabbat, whatever. They have their talk. I'm really excited for this season. This seems like a really exciting first episode. And I cannot wait for this Jen's Shaw drama. And I cannot wait for all the cult stuff, too. And it's not like Mary is ever going to confess anything. And that same goes for Jen. But I got to say, what? Two horrible, terrible women who have destroyed countless lives. It almost makes you think, 
should I be supporting them by watching this program? It almost makes you think that. Okay, let's move on to Beverly Hills. Uh, I'm going to make the Beverly Hills of Potomac recaps a little bit shorter because I'm not going to lie. It's a beautiful day and I want to go to the park. Uh, but here's what happens on this episode. They're all getting invited to Dorit's wedding dress show. The Pearl, the woman, the actress, the cousin, the bounty hunter. I don't know. Here's the thing. People online are like, oh, those wedding dresses are so ugly and tacky and blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry, but they look like every wedding dress I've ever seen on anybody. I think I have like wedding dress blindness where if you are wearing a white dress and it's flouncy and it's white and there's like either like, I don't know, embroidering or some kind of texture on it. It all looks the same to me. They look like wedding dresses. I'm sure they're too much money, but guess what? If Actually, I would not be against going to my wedding, wearing a Dorit original and saying, it's a Dorit Kelsey featuring PK. Oh my God, PK did good this episode. So basically, PK and Dorit go over to Kyla Mauricio's. Mar- Mauricio, I have real trouble saying Mauricio's name on this podcast. Um, and I can say it in real life. It's just on the, on the podcast when I'm on the spot. So they go over there and somebody finally fucking points out that Erica's wild ass stories, including the one she added on this episode about Tom encountering a burglar and and trying to fight him. And then the sun goes over and he flips his car five times in the snow, even though it's California. They point out that this is all fucking lies and bullshit. Do they say this is a lie? Um, almost. And, and Kyle and her actress face being like, oh, you think she was lying? Yes. you. I think she knows on some level, but she's feigning that she doesn't quite know on camera. On camera? Kyle and Dorit are playing dumb, but they do get laughing. And then on Twitter, someone has posted this moment and Erica has retweeted it and written something like well that didn't feel good to watch and then like a sad face still trying to play the victim she's just so bad at social media remember last i think it was last october it's weird that i know the exact date but it was because it was right before she announced her divorce she used a bravo content creators meme she posted it without adding any tagging or anything any crediting of the original uh, creator, Instagrammer. And someone wrote underneath it, listen, this is so cute, but FYI, Erica, this is my meme. And she, Erica, just like aggressively responded that the picture in question was not the the creators. It was Bravo's image, even though it was like a spin on like the pink ladies from Greece. And she doubled down and she was so rude. And she's basically shitting on all the fans that make the memes because... Listen, my Instagram fucking sucks. I only post like a couple times a week when the episode comes out. It's hard. So power to the content creators who can churn out these memes and these jokes and these tweets over and over and over again. So she's really, she's biting the hand that feeds her, Erica. And she clearly has no idea what social media is about. She's so aggressive. And and PK and Maurizio point out that she is like a, it's putting, you know, these these ass out pictures online and being like, fuck you. And that's not what you do when it's come out that you've stolen from widows and orphans. She's just completely tone deaf. This woman. I, I, I can't, can't stand her. 
obviously I can't stand Lisa. So they go to this spa thing at Kathy's house. And you know how you can, um, I mean, I hate Lisa, anything she does. But when Kathy is like being silly with her dog, <sighs> Rena goes, so I'm not the only crazy one in this group. Uh, there's so something so annoying about hot women, even though, honestly, I don't even think Lisa's hot. She just looks like one of those deformed plastic surgery victims who live in the capital in the Hunger Games. Uh, but it's, it's something very annoying about a hot girl being like, I'm so weird. Look at me. And then like dancing in their bikini with their body, which has zero fat on it. It's very frustrating and annoying. I don't have much to say about the spa day, except Lisa is very annoying. And she makes jokes about how uh, she when she has that stuff all over her face and it's covering her mouth. She's like, I bet a lot of people could wish I shut up like this. Oh, I muscled. The worst part about Lisa is that she thinks she's self-aware and that this is self-aware deprecating humor. It's not. It's performative. I'm relatable. B. S. Kyle. Oh, Bob. What are you doing? The kitty's meowing. All right. Anyway, uh, Kyle goes over to Crystal's um, and she is redoing her basement for like something like a million dollars. She says 500000 but we know it's going to come back up. Bob. Bob. <laughs> my cat just jumped on my keyboard because... He's a little shit. What are you doing? Now he's jumping into the cupboard with the dishes. Bob, you ignore him for like two minutes and he starts to act out. Bobby, get out of there. You're going to hurt yourself. He's a wild one. Uh, anyway, Crystal's very rich. The tides have turned on Crystal, I feel, online. People are really shitting on her. I think she's a bad bitch. I really enjoy her. And I think she's a huge snob, which is refreshing because it. this is what the Real Housewives are about. Un believably wealthy women disconnected from reality. I think she has a good soul, but I think she is completely in her own world there. And she has one of those wealthy, 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 rich person echo chambers. I like having her on my television. It's fun. Okay, keep it up. Some people are being like, I hate her. Let let her go. But no, I, I enjoy Crystal. She's fun. And I, I got a kick out of her being like, I don't spend a ton of money on stuff. I don't really splurge. I just um, spend money on things that appreciate in value. So it's an investment. Hence the $90,000 ugly ass handbag. So that's some very wealthy person logic there. But you know, her money, she can do what she wants with it. And it sounds like she's fucking rich. It sounds like she has family money in addition to Rob Minkoff's Lion King money. So whatever, you do you. You do you, you unbelievably hot bitch. And when I say bitch with Crystal, it is a compliment. Like, she just has such composure when she comes for people. Like, I really enjoyed when she she put Sutton into such a tizzy with that ugly leather pants thing. And she's just smirking on that lawn. That takes some, some really great control and some confidence there. So we have the wedding dress party at Dorit's and Erica is wearing some kind of like golden hoop in her hair that separates the hair. It's sad because three years ago I would have been like, wow, what a look, Erica. Shantae, you stay. And now I'm like, go to hell. <laughs> I hate it. It's so ugly. Um, PK can't have a martini earlier on the night because he'll talk lots of shit. That's pretty damn relatable. Uh, another funny thing is, oh, I forgot to say before, PK insisted on tartar sauce or mayonnaise at when he was at Kyle's house and they had salmon. And that is the most British thing I've ever heard. They fucking love their mayo. They love their dips. And, and that speaks to my heart because 
I love dip so much. Um, Kathy does not know the difference between Bernie Sanders and Colonel Sanders. And that shows you how out of touch Kathy is about politics, about the world, about anything other than what is directly in front of her face. And as we know, she has terrible eyesight. Um, these gowns. I'm wearing the woman. <laughs> okay, Dorit, you, you do you, honey. You do you. Uh, then Garcelle versus Dorit. Kyle stirs up some drama by saying, oh, Garcelle, I saw earlier today you did an interview where, where you said that um, we're all coming for you. Honestly, they kind of are. And, and it is so frustrating because Garcelle is so good at explaining herself and saying, yes, I feel left out. These are my feelings. Do not invalidate them by saying, we're not leaving you out, which they are. Um, so it's very frustrating when people like Dorit and Kyle are being like, we're not leaving you out. Well, you are. And also what she's saying is she's feeling this. So just acknowledge her emotions so you can move on. But no, no, they always have to go into attack mode. And it's really frustrating because I can understand why Dorit would be pissed at Garcelle for Garcelle's digs. I get that. But Garcelle's comments about her, while kind of passive aggressive, are basically just Garcelle calling Dorit out for her dumbass shit. And Dorit is like, just be honest with me. Call me on my stuff. She is. It is, it is a bit like people saying to Sutton, call Erica out for her stuff. You said you would. She did. Oh, these women, they are so hypocritical and so strange. Um, Dorit sucks. She says that Gar Garcelle doesn't speak her mind, which Garcelle, of all of the women, completely speaks her mind. I speak four languages. Good for you. <laughs> then Dorit goes into this like weird confessional thing where she says four, what does she say? I don't understand you in four different languages or something. And she, you know, she thinks it's going to be a thing, but it isn't. It just kind of falls flat. Um, and then Rinna and Erica are watching from the sidelines. And Lisa is like, I'm not getting into that. That's not my business. Bitch. Not as wild as certain episodes we've had this season because it all, it wasn't all about Erica having a shit fit, but definitely a good one. As always, it's a great season and Thank you, Beverly Hills. Thank you. On to Potomac. Last week, we ended at wide-bodied ass. <laughs> Candace, yes, totally body shaming. Ashley and saying, you know, you waltzed in, you created all this drama in Williamsburg, and then you took your wide-body ass and your milk, and you went right back to your terrible husband in Potomac. And it is so, so funny, the first scene of this episode, because... <laughs> You're talking about my forehead? Because she comes from her forehead, too. You're talking about my forehead? Bitch, get a new line. And Escala is right in the middle of this. And poor Escala, who I really, really, really like. She's quite, She's. she just seems like a real person. Um, and they call her, everybody calls Candace on this. They're like, Candace, you can't say this about Ashley. You can't body shame her. And even Ashley's like, yeah, you've never gone so, gone so far as to body shame me before. And Candace says... <laughs> That's not true. I come for your forehead all the time. <laughs> and, then, and then there's kind of like talk about like, well, is that the same as body shaming coming for someone's forehead? I think that is the same. I think that's like looks shaming. It's all under that bubble. I got such a kick out of this. You know what? I know that they go low at each other, but I actually think 
that Candace and Ashley are better rivals than Karen and Giselle because they actually have fresh meat with their beef. They have fresh beef. You know what I mean? Whereas Giselle and Karen, it's always just like the same old bullshit. And like Karen's dragging drama from four years ago that didn't even really happen. So I, I really enjoy Candace v. Ashley. You know, I love my Ashley. You know, I love my Ashley. And I kind of love my Candace. Although I'll say it, I don't give a shit about her scenes with her husband. Chris is fine. I don't really care if he's being like a husband juror, whatever the fuck they're trying to do here. I don't really care. I kind of, I didn't zone out during those scenes because as a Real Housewives podcaster, it is my duty to be completely familiar with all scenes. But I will say I glazed over a bitch. A bit. I said, oh, glazed over a bitch. <laughs> Whoops. At the birthday lunch, Mia passes on the message from Karen, which was very Alex McCord to Jill Zarin from Bethany on Roni. Very, very funny. And that Giselle says, uh, you can tell her that Giselle says that Ray and Karen will be dead before she apologizes. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> also, Mia announces she's throwing a goddess lunch because you know what? Why the hell not? Then we get into this hilarious, hilarious segment where Karen is doing a tourism video for Surrey County, but it's not being filmed in Surrey County. Her logic, the, the producers ask her and she kind of like goes a little blank and you know she is spinning some kind of bullshit because she is the bullshit queen, the bullshit queen. And she goes, my hometown, Surrey County, is within me. So her logic is wherever she is, there it is. She is bonkers. I love her so much. She's wild. Giselle hangs out with her daughters and talks about men, whatever. Even though I really like her daughters, it's clear that Jamal was always doomed and this just seems a little staged to me. Even though aren't all things staged? Uh, Candace and Chris, I don't care. Wendy and her family and her cute kids and they talk about Black Lives Matter and it's good to see these conversations on TV. It's also really fucking sad because her kids are so young and they're so cute and like she says, she has to break their innocence to prepare them for this fucked up world. And to hear them say like, oh, are we going to be in trouble? And like, oh, and the cops and just talking about how like one, one of the little boys is like, well, I'd like to change the world. And it's just very sweet, but very sad. And it's definitely a touching scene. Um, then we get to Karen and Ashley. Karen wants to win over Ashley's kids because they all seem to hate her. I guess they can sense evil. So uh, Ashley is breastfeeding at this cafe. Good for Ashley. She's got great tits. I think she's hot as hell, Ashley. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think she might be the hottest person on any of these franchises. I love her big forehead. Big foreheads are fantastic. Have you seen Rihanna? My God. Um, I got such a kick out of Karen telling Ashley that she wants, instead of grandmother, she wants to be called Diamond. Oh my God. Then Ashley has this uh, idea that she is going to bring Karen and Giselle back together for the good of the group, a.k.a. the show, because we need Karen and Giselle to get back together so they can make more feud content. It can't be this thing from a few years ago. You know what I mean? I really got, I, I love that Venn diagram in a confessional with, <laughs> it was beautiful. It was art of Ashley being in the middle and Karen and Giselle being on either side. She can be the middle ground here. Robin has a life coach session, which is surprisingly 
pretty good. The life coach isn't just like Dorinda Styles. Remember Dorinda went to that life coach when she was having her absolutely terrible, bad, no good season from hell. And the life coach just blew smoke up her ass and told her how great she was. Even though a real therapist would hopefully call Dorinda on her shit. Robin's life coach coach kind of calls her on her shit a bit, but, but more so makes it clear that like, hey, your husband should be supportive of you in this rough time, which he should. I hate that I'm not turning my husband on and like Giselle's marriage logic. It's not good. I'm glad Robin is getting some outsider perspective because, you know, as much as I don't love the Green Eyed Bandits and they're like a really annoying, like eye rolly clique together, I really love Robin. I really do. I think she's a good person. I do. I just think she's a little misguided because of who she's friends with and her husband can be a real dick sometimes. Oh, I'm sorry. Ex-husband slash fiance. Uh, then there's this goddess lunch. Mia wants them all to go around and give compliments. <laughs> Which, you know what? They try. They really do. Um, you know, we get some more Ashley versus Candace stuff. It's very funny. And then kind of, I didn't really write a ton of notes here because I think I was just so into the scene. But Giselle... And Karen kind of agree to wipe the slate clean. Ha! I'll believe it when I see it. And move forward, which is always a nice thing to have every single season. Let's wrap up this drama, which will undoubtedly come up at the reunion and or on the cast trip and start anew. Let's move on. I love that because I want more drama. Potomac is so much better than old seasons of Beverly Hills where they would just go over the same crap over and over and over and over again. So those are the episodes of this week. I want to say thank you for listening. Next week, we're going to go back to our guest format. We've been doing a lot of these uh, single podcasts just because I've been really busy and it actually takes a lot less time to do a solo podcast than it does to schedule a guest and sit down the guests and blah, 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 blah. But I'll be back to regular format next week. And I want to thank everybody for listening. And I'm really excited for season two of Salt Lake City. I really, really am. We're living in heady times and I'm so happy New York is over. Isn't that terrible? If you want to hear me go into more uh, depth about the Salt Lake premiere with Taria, go to What Else Is Going On podcast. Um, it should be coming out today. I'm posting this today, Saturday. Uh, Saturday, the, what the fuck day is it? Saturday the 18th. When the fuck? What's so special about the 20th? Something's happening. Oh, I have to vote. Canada is electing a new prime minister and I have to vote on the 20th. So, you know, if you're a Canadian listening to this podcast, go vote on Tuesday. Vote, vote, vote. And if you're not in Canada, don't, don't vote. That'd be weird. You shouldn't try to do that. You're not allowed. Okay. You, you shouldn't. Okay, everyone. Thanks for listening and bye-bye.